Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. Let's talk about leadership. My next guest has experience growing companies massively, and you want to pay attention to how he's done it because he surrounded himself with the right people. We go into talking about vision, talking about humility, the importance of surrounding yourself with people that have the right leadership skills, which he goes into. His name is Michael Valdez. He's the chief growth officer for eXp Realty, previously worked for Realogy for 15 years, and he has the experience that you need to listen into. You want to grow, you want to grow your business, you want to grow yourself. Pay attention to Michael because not only does he bring the knowledge, but he brings this energy that's contagious. And he's one of the nicest guys ever. I consider him a brother. Welcome, Michael Valdez. Pay attention. Take out your pencils, your iPads, your laptops. Here we go. Welcome back to Brilliant Thoughts Success Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Tristan, and I've got my friend and like practically family member here, uh, Michael Valdez. And uh, Michael, welcome, man. I'm, I'm I'm excited to talk to you, and I'm getting chills, by the way, in in a good oh, way. Stop it, my brother, I love this. This is so great. I mean, it was it was instant family when we met. And it was so great. So I'm excited. I'm excited to be here on your show. You did mine last month, and uh, it's it's fun. It's always great having a conversation with you. I love this, man. All right. So Absolutely. you come from a real estate background, and now you're running a billion-dollar corporation to help them grow internationally. That's, that's nuts, man. Tell me, where did the... Where did this start? Because well, hopefully, hopefully it's a multi-billion dollar company or we're doing really well, bad. Multi-billion, sorry. <laughs> multi-billion. I took a few billions away from you. Sorry. You took a few billion from us, brother. It's <laughs> oh, so good. Oh my God. So yeah. So I actually, you know, started in finance and then I got into real estate. And um, so I was with another company for 15 years um, and it was uh, was Realogy. Um, and so I was doing a lot of the global expansion for all six Realogy brands, which was Sotheby's, Coldwell Banker, Century 21, ERA, Better Homes and Garden and Corcoran. And so um, it was collectively 113 countries when I left and about 300,000 agents. And so um, the team that I ran there and I ran, um, opened up about 70 of those countries in the time that I was there. And it was a good uh, a good run. You know, those are great brands in our industry. Um, and then I actually met Glenn Sanford and Jason Guessing, who uh, Glenn is, of course, the founder of EXP and Jason was the CEO and um, really learned about what this brand was. And then I was just like, you know, I didn't know enough about it. And then I sat down, I remember it was supposed to be like a 20 minute conversation with uh, Jeff and Jason and, and, uh, and Glenn and Jeff Whiteside was the CFO. And it was during Inman in 2019. 
And we were supposed to have like a 20 minute conversation ended up being a two and a half hour discussion. And it was like, what would an EXP global look like? And we just started playing and it was fun. And I was like, wow, this is exciting. And to me, because I only knew brands, when I understood that with this, it was the agent was the brand and EXP was the platform, I'm like, whoa, this is actually really interesting. And this could really be a, an incredible disruptor. And that's what happened. You know, it was, I joined in May of 2020. So the height of the pandemic, right? And um, and I remember they had placed, um, they, they, they had made me an offer. And then uh, I remember Jeff called me up and said, you know, we're going to, we want you, we're going to just hold because of the, of the pandemic. We're not quite sure where the market's going. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And, um, and then I was watching the market and I was really understanding if anyone can actually sort of be agile during this pandemic, it's here, it's EXP because they're cloud-based. And so I remember calling Jeff back and I said, look, if it's a matter of money, let's get creative. I don't really need the cash. Let's sort of like pay me in stock. Let's figure this out. And so he sort of said, oh, that's interesting. And so I said, I just think the timing is interesting for what you want to do. And by that point, I was already excited. And so we went back and Jeff called me back and he says, let's go with it. Let's, 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 let's run with this. And I was like, okay, great. So I came over in May of 2020. And at that point, they had opened up only three countries in, in the eight years of operation, which was Canada, Australia, and, um, and the UK. And I said, all right, now that I've got this whole sort of like, like mindset of what we can do here, I want to really go aggressive. Let's, let's start opening up countries. And I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to sort of look at EXP as a global brand that we were building because nobody really knew it outside of the US and they were doing it great in the US. I think they were at they were like 30,000 agents when I joined or something like that. Really strong, strong um, company. And so I started looking at what this could be. And I remember I said to Jason, I said, I want to open up five countries in the last quarter of what it would have been 2020. And he said, Michael, I love your enthusiasm, but don't say something that you can't accomplish because I want you to sort of have a long, great history with us. And I said, got it. I want to open up five countries in the quarter. And mm-hmm. so uh, he's like, okay. And so we did. And we opened up those five countries in, in between October of 2020 to the end of the year. The first country was South Africa. I just got back from South Africa last week. We celebrated our two-year anniversary, and we did an event with 700 agents. So in two years, we actually became the ninth largest brokerage in the country, and there's 5,000-plus brokerages. Never been done in the history of South African real estate. Wow. So it was a great run, man. Okay, so there there are a lot of pieces there that you spent through (laughs) And and I want to kind of take some of those and, and expand on them because our, our our listeners are solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, right, business owners, and there are a lot of lessons to be learned in this. Um, I want to start with the last piece first, which is a South Africa piece, because when we look at something like that with with rapid growth, what 
what do you think the reasoning is when it comes to someone saying, hey, I'm okay, I'm going to jump into this, the trust, right? What happened there? And the timing, because I mean, there's so much, there's so many pieces for what you did at the timing that you did. It's like, so when I look at South Africa, so we can learn, what are some lessons to learn from that and why it grew so fast? So first of all, you know, it it's not me. It's always the team you surround yourself with in order to achieve anything. So with South Africa, it was the perfect storm of things, I believe. First of all, it was the leadership. We have a great leader there. His name is Andrew Thompson. He came from Keller Williams. He was a great uh, leader with a market center in South Africa down there. And when we started creating the model, this was what was really interesting. The model is different in every single country. Because one of the things that I learned was that you could not take a U.S. model and try to plug it in to other places in the in the world because it wasn't going to work. You had to be, and this was the beauty of what was agility is one of our core values. And the fact that we were agile was really wonderful. So what we do is that we go in, we study the market, and we study the, com the competitive landscape of the market. And then we go in and we create the EXP model for that country based on what the competitive landscape is. And it's and that's what allows us to really truly be a local player with a global footprint. Because we're since we're not a franchise, we're the largest independent real estate company in the world. So we're not a franchise. We actually go in, and which is even more astonishing, the fact that we've opened 23 countries in two years, because we go in and we, we set up a corporation. We are a legal entity in that country. So EXP South Africa is a South African company. And we set up that company in, and we set up the infrastructure, we set up the banking, we set up the accounting, we set up a small team that works there. So it, when we were building that model, I remember Andrew said to me, can we consider putting a portion of our fees, leaving it in South Africa as a South African social responsibility fund? It was like, oh, I love that idea. So already we were a part of the community. And one of the most beautiful things happened last week, Tristan. We presented a check for 350,000 Rand um, to, a, to a charity that was chosen by the agents as to where they wanted to see those funds go. And it was a wonderful gentleman uh, named Dr. Suleiman who started a company or a foundation called Gift for the Givers. And it was about these families that were all displaced, living in shanty towns and building homes for them. And so we handed that check and that check is going to make such a huge difference. But that was because of the vision that started immediately. So we became part of the community day one. And so South Africa has an incredible real estate uh, um, um, industry that people are used to. It's a country where there's licensed agents, which is a very big rarity outside of the United States. So they have, they're all licensed. And so there is a very strong presence for real estate in and of itself. They also have other companies that are used to multi-level uh, concepts. So our concept of revenue share and building a organization is something that was all really adopted quickly 
in South Africa. So what we've done has never been accomplished. The fact that we grew so quickly and organically, because remember, we don't buy companies, we don't buy teams, we don't write checks, everything happens organically. So to be at 700 agents in less than two years time and be ranked number nine in the entire country is extraordinary. And what was interesting was that the other independents that are there, they all wanted to meet with me when I was there. So I had meetings with every one of our competitors while we were there, which was really insane. That's crazy. So too. that number is going to grow really quickly next year. Yeah. All right. Some great lessons there, man. Let, let's talk about leadership. What do you consider to be, because you're looking at the team there in South Africa right. and you're like, okay, it's, it's the people there that made it all happen. When it comes to leadership, what are some qualities that, that you think are important that are at the top of your list for great leadership? You know, when it comes to the model of, of EXP specifically, and then I'll answer it more macro level, but, it, you know, when I actually talk about EXP, it's always about the idea that this was a gift. So when somebody receives that gift, it doesn't matter who you give it to. Whether that recipient is going to accept it or not has nothing to do with you. And so when you believe in the model as a gift, I always say to somebody, you'll never recruit a day in your life because all you're doing is sharing a gift with somebody. So I remember when, um, so when I got my, my, my person for Mexico, for example, his name is Ismael Gonzalez, and I knew that he was the right person. And one of the things that he said really early on, he was actually the um, he was the the uh, country leader for Mexico for KW. And he came over because he saw our model and we built this model together. And I remember Ismail said to me early on, he said, you know, Michael, my country needed this. And I said, what does that mean? That's a huge statement. And so he said to me, so with the EXP model, for example, anyone sitting in Mexico City that's a successful agent or somebody who is a rural agent in a rural part of Mexico that no brand would ever put a bricks and mortar office up in has the same ability for success with this model. And I never even saw it in that way. And I was like, wow, when you sort of saw it from a macro level of just helping people and when I started talking to people that we were just recruiting in Mexico, it was, they were saying to me, are you saying that I can help not only my own family, but my community at large with this model? Then I knew that we had the right people. So when you're talking about leadership skills, what I'm looking at is really somebody who has great vision and great humility, and they have to stand side by side. Because it isn't about you. It's about what you can provide for others. You know, something interesting on that, because that I agree with you. Great vision and great humility. And you know what happens? For for I'll tell you, like for for those leaders that have a great vision and 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 they have humility, when the vision is is challenged or blocked that leader that humility becomes kind of like very passionate and almost looks like like aggressiveness because they're trying to defend something that that they believe is amazing 
which is, and I've noticed that. And I I think that's amazing. And I think some people look at that and say, well, then that doesn't go like, no, because the vision is so strong. They believe in something so much that they need to defend that. And uh, I've noticed that. So I agree with you, dude. That was, that's good. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, one of the things that we were saying is that early on, I saw this and, you know, to imagine, I got here in May of 2020 and agent count was something like 30,000 and now we're 87 or 86, something like that. So it's like the growth has been exponential in the last two plus years. And when you start thinking about that early on, I sort of noticed that this had nothing to do even with Glenn anymore. This became a movement, right? So this is people helping people through this model. And when you saw that, this was larger than any singular person, even Glenn's vision 13 years ago. Has nothing to do with Glenn anymore. It has to do with the fact that this is larger because it's become a movement around the globe. We're now in 23 countries. We're about to open Dubai in a couple of weeks before the end of the year. And we start looking at these huge places around the world that are so strategic for what we are delivering. I like that. All right. So now if we take that micro in comparison to whole to the whole to earth, right? Um, South Africa, growth, team is important, the team, the leadership. Does that also apply to then everywhere you're going to? Like if I was going to open up my businesses in different places, the things I would look for first are do I have a strong team there that has great leadership? Is that what I'm looking for? I think I think that's sort of like the the message for life. You know, it's sort of like what is what is my what's my message I want to deliver and do I have a strong leader to deliver that message? Got it. So the messaging needs to be there. The right yeah. messaging. Oh my god, absolutely. Look, we've got this model throughout now as I said 23 countries. In some kind I'll give you an example, you know, we we didn't have the right leader in a country in Europe without sort of calling somebody out. And um and so I made a change there, put in a new leader, and that new leader in the last 90 days has made up for 45% of my forecast that was almost dormant in the beginning of the year. So that literally sort of says that leadership is the most important thing. It is somebody who actually was going to join us, did not join us because of the leader we had in place, but is so influential and strong in the marketplace that we actually sought this person out. And then we had some conversations. They came in and really was giving us a vision of our own model and when this person came in, implemented it, and literally in a quarter, in 90 days, Tristan, we've gotten 45% of what our forecast was for the year. Yeah. Okay, I have I have some questions along those lines. One on leadership, on, on bad leadership, and the other one on vision. Like, how, how do you begin to implement a vision into your business? So, like, for this guy... Uh, because we can all learn from this one. Yeah. You bring him in. He's got a vision that matches the, the bigger vision. How, how did he get to work on that? What did that look like? So he he just literally got to work. 
So it was the, <laughs> like, get to work. Like, <laughs> that's it. Um, that's so so I think it was, it was almost, you know, it, 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 with that example, you almost had to do a little bit of cleanup. So because there wasn't that vision before, you had lost souls with the agent population there. So this person came in and met with everyone individually. That's, that's it right there. The meeting. The and meeting exactly. And inspired them again, gave them that North Star and was able to give, I mean, it, the, the, other, the only thing that doesn't lie are numbers. And the numbers come in. And the first month that came in, I thought it was a mistake. And I was just, I called my finance team because I, I track everything. I track everything. And it, there's, there's four metrics that we do. Agent count, um, revenue, transactions, and then NPS. So the NPS score is the net promoter score. It's very, very important because then are you growing is great, but are you growing in a manner in which the agents are also happy because that's your messaging. And if you're growing in a way that the agents don't like, you're going to know about it and they're eventually going to leave. So it's not just creating the front door you want to make sure that your back door is closed as well, because you want to make sure whoever's coming into your house is happy and not walking out. So it's not just about recruitment. It's about retention. I love that. So so then if I'm applying this to, to all businesses and I'm looking at the four things, you said agents, uh, rev, transactions, and PS. Um if I'm looking at number one, that could be for, for people listening in the consumer, right? The client, the consumer. And, and then if I'm looking at NPS, how do you, because some people are learning about this for the first time listening in. What does that look like? How do I track that? Is it a survey? What happens there? So NPS, it, we literally just do a survey out, right? And most larger companies do that. Um, and, you know, you can look up, most large companies NPS scores. I think if you start looking, um, Facebook, I think are singular digits. Um, I think they're, <laughs> I they're sort of like you. You can actually look this up. I mean, it's sort of like is. <laughs> and and I'm, gonna, we, I'm gonna look it up as you're talking. Look it up, look it up as we talk, because then you'll sort of see there's there's Facebook and Google and and you know all large companies come in with a score. And then I'm actually I'd be curious to sort of see what those numbers are. What all is right, it? All right. You got Go Meta. On. Meta's net promoter score is 12. Holy cow. See? All right. Go on. Wow, dude. You um, thought it was making this up, huh? I'm just <laughs> shocked. Dude, that it, okay. So Amazon is 51. Okay. Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Yes. Uh, LinkedIn is 42. I thought it'd be much higher. Oh, wow. So your average net promoter score for large companies is around a 50, right? Our floor is a 70. So we're, if we sort of get below 70, every red flag is rung and we find out what's going on. So with Global, for example, which I ran for many years, 
we were hovering at 80, which is really a huge score. I think that when you start looking at all of the divisions within EXP, because they have so many different divisions, as you know, you lead one of our wonderful divisions. Um, and so when you start looking at it, I think our blended rate is around a 76 to a 78, which is a really great number. And that's important to us because it's not just growth, but it's growth where people are happy. Look, you just sort of said Meadow is at a 12, right? And it's uh, when you start thinking about that, it is a very frustrating consumer experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's true. Listen, I got my, my social media got hacked last year or earlier this year, and it was a Herculean task to go through. I finally gave up. I finally gave up and started over because it, yeah. you could, it, it was the most frustrating thing. The customer service was, was made it even worse. I was pulling my hair out and the customer service was zero, was awful. And yeah. so that's why they have a 12. Right. You have to go and see. It's true. That's you have to really care about your growth. Mm, that's interesting, man. I, I love those four because I looked, I just looked up Apple because now I'm curious. And they're at a right. 72. That's yeah. the difference. Apple, meta, right? Crazy. There you go. There you go. Uh, right. I, I like Apple that. It's all about that consumer experience. You walk into the Apple store. Right. And you have everything that's new. Everyone is coming in and trying to take care of you. And there is a certain experience that happens when you walk into an Apple store. Yeah. Okay. Right? We want that same thing here. All right. And so by the way, we do two NPS scores. We do an ENPS, which is the employee net promoter score, and an ANPS, which oh. is the agent net promoter score. So we do two. Okay, got it. I didn't know that. Two scores. So, so, for, so for us, the agent is the consumer. Yeah. So if you would sort of go in and most NPS scores with any of the companies that you just talked about, that's all the consumer. So an ANPS for us is our consumer. It's the agents. And ENPS right. would be our paid employees. Employees. Okay. All right. So yeah. then on that, let's go internal because now yeah. – now, let's say I've got a, a company, regardless of, of the size, and I'm concerned about the staff, the people that work with me, and I want to make sure that the NPS score is high. What are the what have you seen are usually the reasons that the NPS score isn't high, like the dissatisfaction? Where does that stem from? Are you talking from? about agents? I'm talking about, yeah, let's go with agents and sure. then staff. Yeah. So I think with, with agents, it's the idea of coming in and onboarding because now you're not going into a bricks and mortar environment. You're coming into what is a new concept, which is virtual and cloud-based, but we go through that. And once they get through that, and, and in some cases we have a concierge service that goes through it. And now we've gotten uh, a, an incredible person, Patrick O'Neill is our chief operating officer. And he's looked in and is building all of these systems to really make that experience so much better. And we're, and we're there. And it's, and it's like, when you started seeing the, 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 um, um, the detractors that come in because the NPS scores allows you to write notes. And so if you score somebody below a, a seven, because seven for us is always that 
teetering spot. So if you go seven or below, we read all the comments. You're meant to, as your department lead, read all the comments and do something about it, right? So for example, I had um, in India, our, our leader in India got a one month an NPS score of a 32. And I Whoa. went through the roof and I was just like, what is going on here? I was like, not acceptable. No bueno. That is not happening. And so their task was to call everyone. They had 1,500 agents, by the way, to call everyone that was a detractor and find out what their pain points were. And can I tell you that in 40 days, we went from a 32 to an 86. Dude, you told me about this in person. I remember this. And okay, so because you told me, I have a question. The The person that you tasked to turn this around also learned something, right? I remember you telling me, tell me about that because I thought that was impressive. You know, it was the idea that it was the, um, the, it always stops with the leader, right? So if, if, you know, I don't expect the leader to be the one making all the phone calls, but if your team is making the phone calls to all those agents that are not happy, let's find out the why. And in some cases, all they wanted was the phone call because by the time we got to 1500, it started feeling disconnected. They wanted to feel a connection and it was all about community. And that's a danger with, with, with rapid growth, right? It's the idea that we still have to have a sense of community. It is the fact that 87,000 agents, anyone can get to me, right? We've got a workplace chat that has every single person accessible to you. We go into EXP world and I'm in my virtual office. And if I'm sitting there, anyone can come in. There are no gatekeepers. So there is that sense of, and and trust me, I get the phone calls and I get the emails and I get people that are sort of saying, you know, there's, there's something wrong and they're pulling the alarm. And by the way, I appreciate it. I appreciate it because I want to know what's wrong. I want to, I don't see it as someone complaining. I see it as someone cares so deeply that they wanted this concern to be known so that we can all be better. I don't see it as a complaint. I see it as an opportunity. I love that, man. I love that that mindset on that and that it does end with the leader. As far as community and and it growing so fast, so companies growing fast, what else are you putting in place to be able to feel? Because this is what I also hear when companies grow fast. They're like, oh, I wish it was as small as it used to be when I would... I hear that too. And all I'm hearing is, okay, there's there's something broken that they're not feeling that. So right. what are you putting in place? What else are you putting in place that makes us feel like we're a tight-knit community? Anything else that you're seeing that is working? You know, so I think it's really the the idea of accessibility, right? That's like one of the major ones. I had um, an a, there, there's agents that call me all the time and saying, I've got a big person on the line. Can you just jump on a call with them? And absolutely. And I that's most of my day 
is being of service to other agents that need things to feel as though they're part of this community. We just came back from our 2023 executive planning and we are now, you know, we're looking at the entire calendar for 2023. Where are we going to be? What are the events that we're doing? Where are the spots around the year that anyone can come to if they want to feel that sense of community to really be able to to have that 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 kinship, that sense of what is Right. I'll give you a great example. We were just in Nashville um, about a month ago. And so um, there was a um, an investment conference that Glenn and Jeff went and, and attended. And then that's with a lot of our, our analysts that follow our stock. And then they asked um, the rest of the executive team to come in to do some 2023 planning. And I remember the first night we're having dinner and Glenn says, um, oh, it'd be really great to get our Nashville agents together with us. And I just thought he was saying, oh, next year. And he's like, no, like while we're all here. And it was like, um, okay. And so um, it, it was literally the next, that it, while I'm sitting at the table, I'm texting our broker in Tennessee to get our leader in Nashville. And then we've got about two or three um, uh, major influencers in Nashville. So I called them. And in 24 hours, we got an event together. And the next day, we had 150 agents that were there. Some drove for three or four hours in Tennessee just to be with us. And it was one of the best events that we had done. And it was literally not planned. No event planner. It was just, let's just get together. We took over a portion of this bar in, in Nashville that had some great music. And it was one of the best events and people just loved that we came together in in, in an instant. And it was so much fun that everyone felt so connected to us. I love that. And a lot of the things, let's talk about spur of the moment things, because sometimes we we also overthink things. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. I mean, Glenn, I mean, I just thought Glenn was sort of saying, I'll figure it out. And it was just like, we start all texting different people and it's like, it's done. And it was great. And it was a great event. It was so much fun. Dude, I love that. I love it. It was so much fun. You should have been there. We missed you. I know, man. I know. I know. (laughs) Uh, Glenn's like, hey, you want to go? I'm like, ah. ah, um, Almost. almost. All right. Let's talk about about timing because I also feel like a lot of what what great leaders do is they time things. And sometimes it happens by accident, right? Yeah. But also, like, I, I see timing. How important has that been with what you've created? Well, what we've created. Um, it's uh, it's the idea of um, when you start creating um, and create a momentum. Momentum is really very important. And so the idea that you show that you have great strength in what you're doing and your message is resonating around the globe. So we now operate in 23 countries. We're operating in 12 different languages. And that's what's so amazing is that now this this story is now a global story, right? Before, when we were in, in Canada and Australia and the UK, it was an English-speaking story. 
Yeah. Now this story is multilingual, multicultural, and multi-geographic. And now you have a true global story that happens. And so this momentum is super important. And so the timing is important because now you've got what you're building from is what your next chapter is. And so that's important because then you have to really understand that now you're helping people across the globe. And that's an exciting, exciting message and an exciting thing to be a part of. So yeah, timing is super important. I like that, man. I like the way you you also explain that because sometimes we don't talk about the timing aspect of this, mm -hmm. right? And what about trust? Because uh, when you and I, when you and I first met, I felt like <laughs> I'm like, I already, I already know this guy it's because, so yeah, I, I don't, dude. It's like I barely meet people like that, by the way, and you have this. You have this great aura, like you can trust me because I'm so genuine. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, I can't. I can trust this guy. It's so crazy. Like I was talking to you, like, like we had been friends for. I know, I'm I like, know. So and by the way, trust. that doesn't happen to me that often either. And that was I told you that was one of the the, the amazing. You have a lot of acquaintances, but you know, it was like I used the word brother with you at the first the first time I met you, and I felt it in my heart, and I feel it every day since then. And it was it was a weird connection. So it was it's beautiful so what happened. Um, but you know, the only thing they always sort of say it takes you a lifetime to build a reputation and a moment to lose it. And so it is something that you have to be so so genuine with what you do and what your actions are more than what you say. It's what your actions are, because that's what speaks volumes, right? You can tell somebody anything. But when you okay. show somebody something, that's what resonates. And that's super important because people, I, I'm just, I don't know how to do gray. So I'm just black and white. You'll always know where I stand. And yeah. it is, a, it is, it is a decision that you make. Sometimes your decisions are unpopular, but you've made a decision, right? And you make a decision for, you know, something you said earlier was that sometimes the passion is so great that sometimes people misunderstand the passion. And yeah. the passion is great. And it, it, it is because what we're building is, is, is much greater than me, my team, or anyone else. So when you start going in and you start, when you started doing these events, and I remember going, because I was hired during COVID. So for a year, we didn't do any live events. And so the next year coming in, when we started doing live events again, I remember there was an agent that came up and she was sharing her story with me. And she was literally in tears, Tristan. And she said, she was thanking me for EXP and I felt uncomfortable. And I said, I've only been here a year. And so it's a <laughs> thank me for it. I didn't do anything. And um, and she's sharing the story that because she was she was diagnosed with with, with cancer and she couldn't get health insurance. Um, because she's an independent contractor. And if it wasn't for the health insurance that EXP provided and the rev share that she was able to 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 earn, she uh -huh. literally said she wouldn't be alive. So her rev Whoa. share paid for her operation. And I was like, that's what I, that was my reaction was, oh my God. And that's when I understood that the 
the emotional side of what this project does, this brand does, this EXP does, is not something that you can put on a PL statement. It's not something that fits on a financial statement. You're literally, when people start saying EXP changed my life, when I first heard it, I'm born and raised in New York. I swear to God, I said to myself, what is this Kool-Aid people are drinking? I've made a terrible <laughs> mistake. That was my first reaction. I've made a terrible mistake. What is this cult everyone's talking about? It's sort of like EXP changed my life. It's crazy. And I'm, I'm like, I'm born and raised in New York. It's sort of like, no, you question everything. And it was, it, it, and, I, and I felt uncomfortable. And it was my my accountant who I went to school with, I've known him for 30 years. He says to me, when, when I was coming to EXP, he says, you're making a great mistake. And I said, why would you say that? He says, you're number three at the largest real estate company in the world. What are you doing? And I said, I, I, I need to make this change. I feel it and I believe in it. And it was, and it was that, it was that leap of faith that you needed to sort of do. And sometimes you don't know the why but it just feels good and it feels right. And when I first came in and people were sort of saying, oh my God, EXP changed my life. I'm like, oh my God, my accountant was right. I made a great mistake. <laughs> That's so funny. But then, but then you actually understood what it actually did mean. And then it was then it was heavy because now, now you're sort of responsible mm. for people in a way that was greater than yourself. So I think of that woman so often that felt she was alive because of the model that we're now responsible for expanding. Dude. I go I back think to her a lot. That that makes sense. I, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the position because I also feel like I've been jaded into, you know, we, we get so bombarded with like... <laughs> Like this, this cool, like you said, Kool Aid drinking moments, right? Yeah. It's like, eh, I don't think exactly. this person's crazy. Um, but sometimes, sometimes you're right. It's like, wait a second, I have to take a second look. I don't think I'm looking at this correctly. Mm. And that's that's so true, man. I, and that I think that that's also what makes you, on a personal level, uh, so so great at what you do. Because if we can all learn something just in talking to you there's a great human aspect to you why right? you take time to reflect back and be like wait a second am i missing something here right because not everybody does that we just kind of steamroll through things right and that, gets better. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure that's how we all live in this world like oh, it'll get better just, like, just ignore it put it off to the side it'll get better it'll get better that's so funny man. i love that all right so uh, here, let's wrap up. What are you What are you looking forward to next year, twenty twenty three? You know, I think what people are are thinking about us entering into what's going to be a global recession, and people are afraid of what's going to happen. I see it as the greatest opportunity ever. I see it in in downturns, greatness happens because we are not as busy, and we actually get to stop and pause. And we get to think and we get to see what's around us. The last three or four years, you know, you didn't need to know anything to be a successful real estate agent. Everything yeah. was happening. You know, it was 
for, forget about a price reduction. There were sort of like there there was multiple offers coming in, and you know I and 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 I've said this so many times, and people get pissed off when I sort of say it. But a real estate agent in the last three years was no different than being a Starbucks barista. You were just taking orders. You know, yeah. you were just taking orders. And there's nothing wrong with Starbucks baristas, but it was sort of like the skill set was identical. And it's sort of like, and the shock value that that's fine with because it's true. And now you actually have to have a skill set. But what a great opportunity. You know, when you start sort of thinking about how many agents, when, when you had multiple offers, did you call the rest of those 12 agents that just gave you an offer on your property? Or did you ignore them? Because now it's the fact that if you need them, they're not going to call you because you didn't have relationship. Yeah. You weren't relational, right? I mean, if you had 12 offers on a property, you accepted one. What happened to the other 11? You left them in limbo. Now, guess what? You don't have 12, 12 offers on your properties anymore. Now you need those other 11 people that you never called back. The ones that you burned too, because some it's people a, burned those. It's a common courtesy, right? So it's 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 a natural skill set. But when in 2009, you know, you had companies like um, WhatsApp and Skype were founded in 2009. And then guess what? So was EXP. So you have these amazing companies mm. that came out of downturns and opportunities come out of that. In 2009, by the way, I was in production and I had the best year of my life in my business. Wow. And it was because market shifted, right? And I was selling homes in Miami and um I started I started in in sales in 2005 uh coming from banking because I was at Deutsche Bank for 10 years. And so when I got into real estate I was ranked in the top 1% of the state of Florida in my first year in business, but that was building my business. And it was actually, I, I built my business like I did with, with banking. I had everyone on my team in my office at 8 a.m. in Miami. And it's it's sort of like, you know, people get in at 8 a.m. in Miami from their nights. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I started and it was all about professionalism, right? And it was if somebody wanted to have a farm area, you had to convince the other eight members of the team why you were the expert. If somebody asked you a question you didn't have the answer for, you didn't get the farm area. That makes sense. And you, had, you had to. You had to build that skill set. So right now is a great opportunity. So in a shifting market comes greatness. And so I think people should not be afraid. People should be embracing this and looking for the opportunities that will exist or even better, go create them. In a shifting market comes greatness. Absolutely. Dude. Absolutely. I love that. I'm quoting you on that. <laughs> uh, oh, Mike, my brother, it's, it's going to be awesome. Thanks for, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it. I oh, can't wait brother, to see that, you, the growth. Yes. Well, you're, you're a big part of that now. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.